Hi, welcome to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Tova, co-founder and president of Wellspring Counseling. And with me today, I have Lyle Green, who is a Wellspring therapist and is also a Westminster School counselor. So as we're all heading back to school, kids back to school in a completely new normal, I have asked Lyle to join us today and let's talk about how we can help prepare ourselves and our kids for school. Um, most of the kids have been out of school since March. And so this is really the first new normal of COVID um, and the craziness that we're in. So Lyle, just introduce yourself just a moment. All right, I am Lyle Green. Uh, I've been at Westminster um, many years. I came in 1982 and then uh, somewhere in the 90s, I worked with Tova actually here on campus. Yep. And then in about the uh, year 2000, I went to work at uh, what is now Christ Journey Church for 11 years. And I've come back about the last nine years now, uh, full-time counselor, and I teach psychology here. And I work at Wellspring, I think for about eight or nine years now, eight years maybe. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's been great. Uh, you're just such a great therapist. And I've tried for years to get you to come to us full-time. But you're loyal to those kids and to what you teach them about psychology, about themselves, about keeping them just stable and secure. And you've made a difference in thousands of kids' lives over mm -hmm. the years, uh, including my own children. So I'm grateful for that. So, all right, Lyle, you know all these kids are coming back to school. Let's talk about um, what are kids facing as they, as they are heading back to school? What, what, what's so different? <laughs> Oh, well, it is different. I think it's even different than last spring. I think last spring we were all kind of in a bit of shock, and um, but we thought it was going to go away. We thought it was going to go away. We heard by by August, and and uh, or certainly by June, and then you know July, August. We, we've come back to this idea that we're probably we're probably in this for the duration for for quite some time, and so some of the kids opt to come to school in what we're calling a hybrid situation um, some kids are opting to um, to connect from home we call them the connect kids and they're not coming in and it's it's staggered schedules so change i think is the order of the day and change um change dovetails pretty well into stress i think the only the only person that never complains about change as a baby with dirty diapers. Uh, the rest of us, um, it's, it, it can be, it can be stressful. All right. So what's happening at Westminster is similar to a whole lot of other schools. It's a combination of things. It's staggered schedules. It's some kids, not at all, some a hybrid. So I think that, that the Westminster kids are very similar to the rest. There's nobody who's having back to school quote as usual as it used to be. No. Uh, even the little ones, you know, who are coming back, because we know, I mean, they, they're, they don't do, I have grandchildren who are preschoolers, and they don't do remote. <laughs> it right. doesn't really work. And so, but even for them coming back, they're still wearing masks, they're coming into smaller classes, they've got barriers in the rooms and things like that. So uh, it's new. So I think uh, the, what I know you have kind of written to the parents about some of the key things they could do to help make this better. I, I saw you had four major points, so let's at least work our way through these. The first one, tell us your first main point that is going to help kids be stable during unstable change. Yeah, I think the main thing for, and I work with teens, I just want to say that when, I'm, when I speak of the kids, I'm speaking of the high school aged kids. Mm -hmm. um, I know that the elementary school and the middle schools have a little uh, different schedule. 
but but for all of our children, I think especially our teens, um, what we want to remind them of is that, is that there there are some secure foundations in their lives, and so certainly in a time of change, um, they need to know that the foundations are intact. That foundations for all the change that's happening, there are things that remain the same. And I think certainly a cohesive family system is one of those cornerstones. And what we can do as parents, uh, to whatever extent we can, whether that's family dinners several nights a week, whether that's just sitting around watching a little TV or watching movies or doing something that says, we're tight as a family, we're doing okay as a family, um, I think that would be very important. Uh, now, probably, you know, in good times it works, but now more than ever. I think the other thing for, for faith-based communities, um, if we could remind our kids that the Lord is still on his throne, um, he's, he's monitoring world events, uh, he's in charge, and, um, and I think if we could come back to that as, as moms and dads and remind our kids that there is a, a structure to this universe and that, um, that God is still in charge, and that he's not wringing his hands, pacing the halls of heaven, wondering what to do. That he's the Lord who is the sovereign Lord, and um, he's, still, he's still in control. I love that. So really, who we are in our family units and who we are with the Lord and God himself is, has not changed at all. Uh, I think I just went to some leadership seminars and they were talking about how to lead during these uh, changing times. And we do, one of the things is what isn't changing and what can we hold on to? So those are our foundations. And so I think, especially like you were saying as a family unit, so, so the crises we face may change. It could be health changes. It could be schedule change, all sorts of things. But the, like for instance, one unchangeable in the family might be that you could communicate to your kids. Uh, in our family, we solve problems. So no matter what comes, we're gonna, we're gonna problem solve. Or in our family, we stick together when times are hard. In our family, we, you know, what do we do? In our family, we have dinner no matter what. We pray no matter what. We, you know, what are those things that's, that, that our family does that doesn't relate to the stressors that come or the changes that come? And so um, I think even probably, I love your idea, but even saying it out loud to the kids, um, and this includes little kids and to ourselves, we kind of need to know this. Oh yeah. Well, in our family, we do this and it, it doesn't change, you know? Um, I think even fat, like right now I'm thinking of, of, of like daily routines. It's mm -hmm. one of those sort of stabilizing factors in a child's life. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, probably important again on, uh, in normal times, but especially now to have a predictable routine that our kids can can rely on and lean into because um, there are a lot of uh, variables and, and uh, a lot of differences and changes but if they just know when they wake up in the morning it's going to be kind of the same today as it was yesterday and it'll be this way tomorrow as well so a good routine um, really does help us in that area of just stabilizing our kids mm -hmm. thinking and their feelings yeah and before we move past this and talking about God being stable, you had a couple of great scriptures in what you had written to your parents. Could you yeah. read us some of those? Yeah, I, I'm thinking, you know, we, we kind of think of this as something new, uh, something strange and different. And for us, indeed, it is. 
But the idea that foundations have been shaken, that's not anything new. And it goes way, way back. I'm thinking of a, uh, the psalmist who wrote these words um, in the scriptures. The psalmist said, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? It's kind of a rhetorical question. And you can almost feel Tova this pregnant pause. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Silence. And then he answers it. He says, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. His eyes are watching closely. And I don't, I don't think it's beyond the scope of our kids, you know, theological understanding to be able to lean into that. Um, uh, to be able to call up scriptures such as, let's say, Isaiah chapter 40, uh, let's say verse 28. Um, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And again, the psalmist, your, that's God's faithfulness. I mean, you can just sense he's just, he's reflecting on the Lord. Your faithfulness extends to every generation. It's as enduring as the earth you created. And then to hear from the Lord directly through the prophet Malachi, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children, are not consumed. So these are the kinds of scripture passages that maybe at dinner, you know, maybe as we say grace, or maybe right after the meal, don't have to have, you know, a, a three-point sermon, but just to be able to bring these passages to bear and check in with the kids and just remind them that the Lord is still on his throne. He's at peace. And he says, my peace, I can leave with you. Not like the world knows peace. It's a higher order peace, indeed. And he doesn't change. He gives us that peace. Okay, so the kids are coming back to school. Things are changing. And we want them to know, first of all, some foundations don't change. Our family, our family culture, our family routines, and God himself. Okay, so what was your second point? Well, I, I'm saying let's, and again, this does call for just a little bit of, um, of theological acuity, I guess. But can we remind our kids of their of their unique identity. Um, what I've been saying to my kids here, um, whenever I get the chance is, <clears throat> let's remember who we are. And let's, let's, let's move our thinking from this immediate context and let eternity and our identity as citizens of the kingdom of heaven set the backdrop for how we respond to COVID, even as young people. Um, I'm thinking of Peter, the Apostle Peter, who writes these words. He says, you know, the world does life one way. And then he, I'm quoting, he says, but you're not like that. And I'm still quoting. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possessions. As a result, and I'm still quoting, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so if we could help our kids um, sort of embrace that identity uh, and they can understand that they live as ambassadors or representatives of the kingdom of heaven and that we never have been exempt as the church or the people of God. We've never been exempt from trials and tribulations or the challenge of change, but we do life differently. Um, we do it in community. We do it with other believers, shoulder to shoulder, and we do it with love and grace and mercy and wisdom. And if, if you give me a moment, I'd love to take those four words apart for you, Toba, because to me, um, 
I, I have memorized those for years and I keep having to remind myself of them. And then what I'll do in my class is I'll say, kids, let's just remember these four words. My peer counselors, this is front page for my peer counselors as well. We as the people of God, we represent the kingdom of heaven through love, grace, mercy, and wisdom. Can I right, take so, a moment just to- Yeah, just so let's, hear, let's start with love. All right, um, and it's very simple. And to have, have our kids actually memorize this, it's simple. Love is extending yourself sacrificially to raise the spirit of another person. Now, the operative term there is sacrificial, so it always costs a little something, or maybe a lot. But love is extending yourself sacrificially to raise another person's spirit. Um, grace, what is grace? And I've heard, you know, I'm, I'm trained theologically and I've been raised in the church, unmerited favor, and that's, that's a, a good definition. But the best definition of grace I've ever heard is this, Tova. Grace is the ability to encounter a disturbance, not of your making, without adding to it. <laughs> and if we can, if we can- That's a new definition for me, I love it. Isn't that great, yeah. great, yeah. yeah. Grace, where you encounter a disturbance that you didn't create, mm -hmm. but you don't add to it, that's <laughs> grace. And especially during this time of COVID, if we ever needed love, if we ever needed grace, when we're at home with family and in close quarters, it would be now. And then mercy. Mercy is assessing a human need. And I would, I would say legitimate need, assessing a, a legitimate human need and meeting that need, even if you think the other person is undeserving. That's mercy. And that is certainly what God had for us through his, his son's sacrifice and through the atonement. And, um, but mercy, yeah, you, you, you scan for the human need. And when you see it, you meet that need, even if you think the other person is undeserving. I like that is that. merciful. That is. Yeah. And then wisdom. And wisdom, um, I think wisdom is the prudent application of knowledge or applying knowledge in really practical ways. And sometimes it's just having to speak that hard truth in love. And it's kind of head up, shoulders back, um, not proud or haughty, but just having to speak truth, uh, but with love, as, as the Apostle Paul said, seasoned with love. Yeah. So if we could teach our kids these principles and then not just teach them, because I think, Tova, that these these kinds of values are, are more caught. Modeled. <laughs> yeah. So if we could not just teach them, but begin to model them on the home front during this period of time, that would do well to kind of move our kids in that direction as well. So we want them to know that some foundations don't change and we want to remind them of their identity, particularly as Christians, who they are and how they interact in the world. I want to broaden that real quickly and then we're going to take a very short break. But um, I was thinking about, you know, some of us don't have Christian kids and, you know, they don't see themselves as these things. They can still learn these values or, or certainly values that anyone in society would appreciate love and grace and mercy and wisdom. And, um, but I also, I had, I had my own little idea of this when I saw your note um, that said, you know, remind them of their identity. And I was thinking about, um, our, in our family, we watch the Titan games with uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. We just, something we like to <laughs> keep up with for fun. Um, and in it, the, um, there was one of the, winners is named Will Sutton. He was the winning champion for the East Coast. Um, and he, then he lost, and that is not a 
spoiler alert, this is out there in public already, but he, he lost in the final challenge. He became in second place. And right after he comes in second, not, you know, and loses the title, um, he says, um, well, I'm still the East Coast champion and I'm still country strong, which was his, he's from the country and that was his mantra all along, I'm country strong, you know? And so it was like he instantly in the middle of a disappointment went straight to his internalized identity. I am already this, I am that, his definition of himself. And it didn't change if circumstances change or disappointments could change. And I know it's a, maybe a silly little example, but, but I, I think when you say we need to hold on to our identity, we need to know who we are regardless of circumstances. Mm-hmm. And that's going to carry us through when the circumstances change. Well, I'm still the kid who blank. I'm still the parent who blank. I'm still the Christian who blank, you know, and I, that's who I am. It didn't change. Um, all right, we're going to take a very quick break, and then we're going to come back for your last two points. And so we'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Tova with Wellspring on the Air. And with me today, I have Lyle Green, who's a Wellspring therapist, as well as the personal counselor at Westminster Christian School. Today, we've been talking about your kids going back to school and all of us kind of returning to routines that are anything but routine anymore because of COVID. So we're just talking about ways of of addressing that, of helping ourselves and our kids. And even if we don't have kids, honestly, these points apply to all of us as we kind of reemerge into a new normal because it's never going back exactly like it was. Um, And so the first two points we've done so far is that we need to remember our foundation. So the foundation within our families that we have certain rituals and chemistry and family values and um, things that we do that are always the same, you know, even a statement um, in our family, we solve problems or we stick together, we have meals, we do these things and our foundation in God who never changes. And we have some wonderful verses on that. So if you're just joining us and you missed the beginning of the show, you can find us on your favorite podcast channel, Wellspring on the Air or on our website. You can link to this in a blog format. Um, You can find some of it on social media and on the YouTube channel. So you're welcome to find this however you're finding it today and see there or hear the beginning of it. Um, So uh, finding our foundation and then secondly, uh, who we are uh, in our identity is our second point. We need to remember who we are that doesn't change regardless of circumstances. Okay, so let's move in Lyle to your third point. What's your third way to help us, all of us, and particularly our kids to um, handle these changes. Yeah, you know, when I was a kid, this this is over 50 years ago, I was in high school, I came across a Reader's Digest article that has stayed with me all these years. It was a concentration, a concentration camp survivor. Um, and he was, he was relaying to a, another student, another young person, um, his, his experiences there. And he said what helped him survive was he was able to differentiate between an inconvenience, a problem, and a fact of life. And that stuck with me throughout my entire life. And so what I'm urging um, my students to do here and parents as well is let's, let's, label, um, let's label these things correctly. So we know we're going to get triggered, but when we get triggered, can we capture that thought? Rather than letting it land and have its way with us, can we capture that trigger, take it captive, and once you've taken it captive, now you can do something different with it. So grab and go, oh, there it is. I'm getting triggered now. And then let's okay, For one second, for trigger, sure. what, just for one second, something that disturbs you. Yes. I'm triggered yes. because something happened and I feel disturbed. 
Yes, I'm using, I'm using okay. counseling jargon and I'm assuming everybody knows, but you're absolutely right. Something that, that where you feel your emotional examiner you dropping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you, okay. you feel, you know, it's either fight, flight, you're feeling a little angry, you're feeling a little scared, a little unnerved. Capture that thought and say, what is it that I'm thinking? And then if we could label it properly, we might be able to really reduce our stress once we label it in the right sort of way. Is it, is it an inconvenience? Inconvenience. Um, okay. Yeah, an inconvenience. And, and these, these kinds of triggers um, can largely be ignored. And in the best of times, discounting an inconvenience is a good thing to do. But especially now, Tova, when we're in the midst of, of, of this pandemic, if, if we can look at something as an inconvenience, for example, am I going to be worrying about this a day from now, five hours from now? Is this going to trouble me one hour from now? If not, it's probably an inconvenience. Shrug that off, let that go, and let's reserve energy for what really matters. It, we have a lot of inconveniences because of COVID that we didn't yes. used to have. It's an inconvenient to put your mask on and off and to have it fog if you're like me and are wearing glasses. It. It's you're inconvenient right. to have to wait in line at Home Depot but to go in so you don't have too many people in the store or whatever. So we have a lot of inconveniences. Kids at school are going to have a lot of new inconveniences about where things are, how they have to wait to get to places, through right. places, in places. Those are, they are annoying and they are inconvenient. <laughs> But label it as such and let it go. Yes, okay. you could label it as, uh, I'm going to get past this. This this isn't going to be long term. This is an hour. This is a half hour. This is a few minutes. I think that would really help. And then, um, you know, is it a problem? Let's label it as such. It truly is a problem because some tr triggering events, we just can't, we can't ignore them as easily as we can an inconvenience. And so problems demand our attention. It demands a response. And so how can we help our kids sort of press that pause button? Maybe we need to help them come up with one, press a pause button, take a <laughs> breath, and then move into problem solving mode. And that would be maybe clarifying the problem, help them do that. What is it exactly? Can we generate some solutions here? Um, and then choose the, the very best workable plan and, and work that through. And then maybe afterwards, do a little, um, a little assessment. How did that work for you? Um, what would you have done differently? And that certainly could help maybe as a, as a future reference for problem solving. But is it an inconvenience? Shrug it off. Is it a problem to be solved? Let's get around to solving it. Or, and this is the tough one, is it an unchangeable fact of life? Um, kind of like COVID-19. And if the triggering event is an unchangeable fact of life, how can we help our kids learn to adapt and make those adjustments in really health, you know, healthy ways? Um, what, what resources do they need to gather? Let's not do all the gathering for them. Let's help them gather resources. What support net networks are they going to are they going to need to help them work through this? And let's not, you know, make all the calls for them. Let's help them locate those those networks and develop those networks and um you know certainly if it's a fact of life an unchangeable fact of life that calls for adaptation and some adjustment um we'll move through that a lot better if we have the right resources and the right support networks to come alongside us 
um, you know, so maybe less stressful that way. So many examples of that where it is an unchangeable fact of life. And so you say, okay, what resources, as you said, do I need to bring to bear? So this is going to be hard. So uh, like it's in the illness. So I'm going to need, you know, friends praying for me. I'm going to need extra time in my schedule. I'm going to need extra sleep. Just like you prepare for a marathon or something, you know, it's like, okay, I need all this extra stuff to get through this. And that's what you're talking about. It's like, or how do I become more flexible? How do I change my world view or maybe my dreams or visions for the future? So this is a fact. So now I need to kind of spend time readjusting yes. to the new future and, that I thought I'd have or all I, sorts of things. I think this would be a very important point. We could short circuit the learning process here because as parents, you want our kids to kind of land soft and you know, it's COVID and they've got stressors and pressures. But if we help them, um, and kind of guide and direct while they gather up their resources, they figure out what those resources are, they formulate their, their support networks and, and they, they give that some thought as well. While we're kind of behind the scenes helping them with that, I think this could be a wonderful learning process for their future as well. Um, we're, you have a fourth point and I, I think we may just wanna mention this because I want to make sure you get to say that little list of questions you have for parents before we close. So your fourth point um, is to help our teens establish healthy self-care routines. So tell us a little bit about that and then we'll move on. Tova, I can say this so quickly because so much has been written about, you know, yeah. how to manage self-care during COVID-19. Let me just say three things. And I know it sounds kind of flippant, but it's important. But it's true. Eat right, eat right, sleep right, and exercise regularly. Those three things. I think everything else, every other coping mechanism we can come up with takes its lead from are we eating right? Are we sleeping right? And are we getting some exercise? Hugely important. Our kids aren't thinking that way, and it probably it's probably going to take a little bit of parental oversight to make sure <laughs> that our kids are eating right, sleeping right, and that they are getting out and getting some exercise. Indeed. And we need to model it, and we need to join them in it. We can't tell them to do it and not do it ourselves, right? So, right. right. All right. So uh, as we wrap up, I know that you talk. We're we're talking about this. I saw it earlier that that there's some things that parents can say or ask their kids to be checking in, not grilling them, not interrogating, but we do need to kind of, we're taking our temperature everywhere, right? So we need to take our, our mental health, emotional, temperature, temperature, emotional right. temperature a little bit, you know, with each other, because sometimes we're doing better than other times. So what was that list of questions you had that you thought would be really good? Yeah, it came out of Children's Hospital, Colorado. Um, let me just run down it very quickly and maybe our listeners could just take note. Um, to ask your child at any age, you know, how are you feeling today? And what you're gonna hear is fine or lousy. Uh, you know, so it's kind of a closed-ended question, but what you wanna do is kind of open that up. How are you feeling today? Fine, no, really. Tell me, tell me how you're doing, let me know. You know, and kind of open that up so that they have to, you know, sort of, um, enlarge on that a little bit. Um, another really cool way of putting that is what's taking up most of your headspace right now? What are you thinking about the most? Yeah, what are you thinking about? What's taking up most of your headspace right now? Um, have, you been, have you been sleeping okay? Um, and if they say no, not really, well, how, how do you think we could improve your sleep? Um, 
what have you been doing for exercise? Are you, are you getting out there, you're getting a little exercise? You might want to check in with that. Um, what did you do today that made you feel really good? Now, give me one thing, just like, what did you do today? Oh, nothing. Well, you know, tomorrow maybe we could, we could come up with something where at the end of the day, you just, it just was the highlight of your day. Um, what are you looking forward to the next few days? That's a good one. Kind of move them, you know, into forward thinking. What are you looking forward to over the next few days? Um, what could you do today that would make you feel really good? Uh, another question, maybe at the end of the day, maybe at mealtime, we go around, what are you grateful for? Mm. What just lights you up today? Mm. And then this question, I think, is so important. You know, you look at your child and you say with, with all sincerity, what do you need? What can I do for you today? What do you really need? And just keep, you know, not, not like little bullet points that you have to go through at the end of every day, but just keep those questions questions like that um, on the front burner and every now and then check in with your child. That's great. Well, it is time for us to wrap up. So what I'm going to recommend, if you're listening to this on podcast, that you go to wellspringmiami.org, go to our blog site and, and type in um, anything that's related to this Lyle Green or school prep or something about about this and you will be able to find the blog that has a list of some books and some resources that are really good. Um, those of you who are watching visually, then just watch, save for the next slide, pause it as you need to, and see if there's something on there that would be a great resource for you. Lyle, I'm so grateful for you joining us today. I, I think it's so helpful for us to think of how to prepare ourselves and our kids for this next coming months. And so uh, with that, we will end. It's time to wrap up. I'm Toba with Wellspring on the Air with Lyle Green, and we're here because hearts and minds matter. <laughs>